0: Welcome to those of you that are joining us for the first time. We have just celebrated the 100th episode on the World of UX. Really still excited about that. Of course, I have that on my mind today. And we're getting ready for a celebration of our two-year anniversary, which is going to take place in May. So getting ready for that. Hoping to have some some great guests on to share their thoughts about UX with you and to cover some topics that some we've covered before and some we're just building on it but just really excited in general so very happy today about that excited about moving forward and about what lies ahead but let's go ahead and dive in we are going to jump into a quick topic that we want to cover on tonight before we get into the special Sessions up ahead tonight, I just want to talk about something else that's going on in the UX community and and usher us to a point of soberness and our thinking. I want to talk about something that's becoming quite popular. It's something that is being mentioned quite often in a lot of different arenas in our community. And it has to do with this common saying that keeps cropping up now that everybody's a designer. Is that really accurate? Are we really applying the proper critical thinking to the mindset of everybody being a designer? So I have some things I want to present. Now, you sort of kind of already know, and I've mentioned this a little bit without giving it a lot of coverage in the past. Everybody's not a designer. Now, of course, I want to make sure to cover that and give you something to think about today today. But we need to be aware of the risks of that mindset. We need to be aware of where that puts us if we embrace that mindset today. So I'm giving you a little bit of the end from the beginning, the topic for the purpose of our, our, our episode titles and such is if everybody's a designer, dot, dot, dot. And when I say that, I want people to really take that into consideration. And make sure that we, everybody, under the sound of my voice, that you become committed to taking on and embracing the right frame of thinking in association with that today. Because remember, what one of us does impacts us all. And if there are people in the UX community that are taking on a certain mindset and then they're sharing that or spreading it, that's something we all have to deal with. That's something that's going to impact us. We eventually come face to face with someone who believes something that was shared on that line and we need to be ready to either support something to reinforce it to help people to understand the truth of a thing or we need to be ready to push back and I want to help equip some people because if everybody's a designer we've got some serious issues so let's begin the coverage of this topic now some of you may or may not be aware of you, or some of you, if you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you've heard me mention this before. A recruiting agency, Vitamin T, are they're popular, very successful entity here in the United States. They did a study a few years ago, and in this study, what they found was that 97% of designs the experiences on websites were basically problematic. Now, I'm paraphrasing how it said, but I'm, bas- I'm, I'm communicating the same thing. It, designs are problematic for the most part. Designs are lacking. User experiences are lacking today. Now, why is that? After all, it is possible to create a sound user experience, or even people out there today who will say you can't design an experience. And it's interesting, splitting of hairs, which is what that is, is creating problems for us today. If you look at task flows, if you look at mental models, if you look at what you're presenting from the perspective of a solution, a resource, whatever it might be, and you are structuring the navigation, you're trying to present information, you're trying to make things viable, guess what you're designing? experience, (laughs) So, I mean, there's so many things that folks in the user experience community need to start to come to terms with and agree upon, and it's little things like that to just keep us derailed, but I don't want to derail myself, so let let me just move along here. 97% of designs are wrong because the appropriate attention to detail is not being given. That's in general. If the proper attention to detail is given then you see that number continue to reduce dramatically. The question is today, do you want to be with the 97% or do you want to be with the 3%? Now that was back in about 2017, 2018 when that information was shared with the public about the research that was done on that. And we're going to revisit that question before we're done here today. But I want to, pose another issue that is at blame here or to be blamed here at fault is what I'm trying to say is that there are a lot of people who engage in quote unquote design that are not really equipped and so as a result we end up with these types of lackluster experiences we end up with websites and concepts apps, whatever it might be, where things are not findable, where tasks can't be completed easily, where things are not intuitive, and all of that comes back to design. It's interesting that as design has gone off the rails, this everybody's a designer mindset became more popular when we were already at the state of this 97 percentile that I mentioned from the vitamin T work that was done. So th- this is this is something, and, and we need to consider this and make sure we look at things the right way. Think about it for a minute. If everybody's a designer, that's the same thing as when you're working on copy, when you're looking at text. And Have you ever seen something where somebody will say, well, let's just make everything bold, or you see that everything is bold? When everything is bold, basically nothing is bold. When everything is bold, there is no contrast, typographically speaking. When everything is bold, certain things are not going to pop because everything has the same look and feel. That said, if everything is bold, again, nothing is bold. And just as when everything is bold, nothing is bold, I present the mindset today that if everybody's a designer, I contend here that nobody is a designer because basically what happens is when this belief system is in place the people who understand what design is the people who understand how to proceed and go through the associated steps to accomplish the absolute best to optimize design efforts these kind of people get demoted these kinds of people get displaced and then what suffers who suffers the design suffers, the experience suffers, the company suffers, the users suffer, the brand experience will suffer. These are issues that none of us really want, but it's going to continue to be this way until the design community at large comes to grips with the fact that, folks, everybody is not a designer. Yeah. You'll produce something, and that's what happens. That's what's going on with the 97%. Something was produced. But just because somebody produced something doesn't mean that they produced the thing. So let's go back to the beginning, and let's do a little bit of level setting, and then we'll proceed through this in somewhat of a methodical way just to help us to give us a basis of somewhere to recapture our thinking, to to recapture the flag of design so to speak, because I'm filling you in on where our heads need to be with regard to this. Now, let's start at the beginning. What in the world is design anyway? And there are a lot of different schools of thought on this. Folks aren't agreeing on this. And do we have to agree? Uh, not really, not 100%. But we need to at least be close, and we need to be in a, in a workable state, when it comes to how we define things and how we're approaching things. And right now, the way that that things are going in UX, we, we simply aren't there. And we need this caretaking, if you will, aka gatekeeping, folks. One of the reasons that we can't get anywhere is because people fight against gatekeeping. But if we will start to pay attention to the gatekeeping, establish the gatekeeping, that's where our standards will come from. That's when we start agreeing on things. And that's when we start educating all the up and coming people to think the same way. And now this gatekeeping that people fight against, people will actually start to embrace it because they realize that it's not gatekeeping is not keeping people out. It's actually ushering people in. It's a gateway. Gatekeeping is how we help establish the standards instead of this anarchy that seems to be running them up in UX today. But back to the question, what is UX? Now, in general, UX is about the formulation of components to create a structure. That's how I define what design is. Now, there's a bunch of definitions out there, and when you look at it, the definitions a lot of them are pretty synonymous to what I just said you're basically formulating things you're putting together components you're expressing self you're creating something sometimes just for the sake of creation you will note though that those two definitions are more art centered which is why when people start talking about design and they apply their mindset of design to UX design there is a disconnect and there's going to be a disconnect because the type of design that is done in UX is not an expression of self. It is not creation for the sake of creation. It is form and function. So the design associated with UX, if it's form and function, that automatically means there are going to be standards. There are going to be principles. And and that's where we need to, to have this little uh, massive agreement, a summit of the minds if you will, because when people understand that we've got to have standards and we have to have agreement on principles and things of that nature, we can start making progress. So we're not talking about this, this subjectivism that's associated with basic design, which is what it is, whether it's being designed or whether it's being perceived. We're not talking about going to the art institute And looking at something and 50 people look at the same painting and come away with 50 different mindsets or 50 different thoughts and everybody is correct. That's general art. That is general design. But when you're talking about form and function, we're talking about business design. And business design is completely different. So because everybody is a designer when it comes to the Art Institute, everybody's not a designer when it comes to user experiences. And I believe everybody should be able to agree on that. If not, then we got even more problems and and that is exactly, well, where we are. So we're not talking about the subjectivity, not that kind of art. Because when that happens, no matter what's delivered, another issue, beauty then is in the eye of the beholder. But when it comes to form and function, quote unquote beauty is in the eyes of the user. Did they complete their task in an optimal fashion. Could they find what they were looking for? Did they understand the labels on the calls to action? That's not subjective, folks. So no place for subjectivity when it comes to this type of design. So we're not talking about generic design. We're talking about the design that serves the married needs of users plus the business entity that's providing a solution or a resource. I think everybody can agree on that. I certainly hope that we can. So that said, successful design, the design that we're pushing for in the UX community must be user-centered, hence the user-centered design. That, that's really what, what UX folks are pressing for. It's the design that equals art plus science. When you have the art, that's the, the subjectivism. When you have the art, that's when you have that expression of self that we mentioned earlier. That's when you have creation for the sake of creation. Nobody has to like it or not like it, but certainly nobody has to use it. But when you're talking about this type of of design, you bring the science in, and now it has to be readable, it has to be scannable, it has to be intuitive, it has to be accessible. There's all of these principles that come into play that you don't need when you're looking at a Picasso, but you do need it if you're trying to check the balance in your bank account online. You do need need it if you're trying to place an order for some food. You do need it if you're trying to take a look at a newspaper and you're trying to find the latest story about X, Y, and Z. Now the science comes into play. So design is art plus science. Business design or, even better yet, UX is art plus science. UX design is art plus science it requires the acumen consisting of both you want things to be visually appealing but before it's visually appealing it must work it must be utilitarian really really key now if somebody doesn't know art or science they're not doing design at all and again we're separating business design from expression design and i'll just uh, say it that way for now and this brings to mind one of the fallacies associated with the everybody's a designer mindset today especially with the rise of design thinking and design sprints and design workshops and things of that nature where everybody gets in a room and they're participating and they're doing some kind of affinity diagramming and they're brainstorming and and they're doing crazy eights and all these different types of things when these types of things come about the people who are participating Think of themselves, talk to them. They think of themselves, many of them, as designers. We need to know and understand, again, everybody's not a designer. And the mere fact that somebody is participating in an exercise like that, folks, that doesn't make you, if you're doing it, it doesn't make the people that are participating, those people are not designers. You don't become a designer just because you're participating In some type of a design session, whether it be a charrette, a workshop, a sprint, whatever it might be, you are a participant in the session. The designer, the true designer, from a UX perspective, has to have art and science at work. Folks, art plus science. And until somebody is doing both, again, not a designer. So, everybody might contribute Everybody might contribute, and we need other people to contribute. Other people have great ideas. Other people have things that they bring to the table that are valuable to the process. With truth be told, the UXers, we do not have all the answers. We bring the expertise of user experience to the table. We don't bring the business knowledge to the table, not the way that the subject matter experts might, not the way that the product owner might, not the way that the product manager might, we're, we're there to advocate for the users and then the subject matter experts drive the other things and the technical people as well as some of the other business stakeholders help to inform us when it comes to constraints. When all of these things come together, we succeed. We can't get anywhere as UXers without them and they can't get anywhere, the stakeholders can't get anywhere without us. We are a team when it comes to that and it becomes participative from that perspective, but that doesn't make the SMEs and the product owners and the project managers, it does not make those people designers. Some of the people who keep saying that that everybody's a designer, I am of the belief that many of them say that because they make money off of it. Because then people, they go in, they try to design, they fall on their face, they fail, and then they want help, and then they reach out to some of the same people who said that everybody's a designer. We're here to let you know, stay in your lane. It's actually healthy. If you don't believe me, go on the freeway and change lanes without letting anybody know. And and, uh, and, and you know, I'm being facetious, don't you do that. Uh, because if you do that, you or somebody else is not gonna come back home in one piece or come back home unscathed. Because if you don't change lanes the right way, note that I said, you can change lanes. or I'm implying you can change lanes the right way. We need to stay in our lanes And when you move from one lane to another, this needs to be communicated with the team so people can communicate and interact in a proper fashion. But that still doesn't make other people designers, and other people are always trying to be designers, and it always derails progress. Can you imagine going to see a doctor? You have access to WebMD, you have access to Mayo Clinic information, you have access to Healthline, and then you come into and an emergency clinic, the doctors and the nurses come and they take a look at you and you begin to tell them what's going on and you don't listen to them. You begin to treat yourself and prescribe solutions for yourself. Does that make sense? Is everybody a doctor because of the information on WebMD or Mayo Clinic or one of the other health sites that people can go? Great information out there. Is it good to be informed? Yes. People can get informed as best they can when it comes to UX but that still doesn't make those people designers it may help them to communicate more it may help to streamline and optimize the design process because the communication is going to be better because people understand what the UX people are saying in certain cases and we don't have to speak exec sometime or we can go back and forth and speak exec or business talk and go back and forth between that and UX lingo when it's necessary and when it's appropriate, but. If I program, that doesn't make me a developer. If I do QA work, that doesn't make me a QA person. If I do a little bit of project management or I begin to start writing user stories, it doesn't make me a scrum master. When people start to do something that's involved with the user experience aspect of a project, it does not make that person a designer. And it is critically important. That people embrace and understand this is good for your team. It's good for the individuals. It's good for morale. It's good for hiring. I mean, the list just goes on and on. So remember, everybody can contribute, but it does not make everybody a designer. Matter of fact, we want them to contribute, but people need to make sure that they. Everybody needs to embrace and operate within their their area of expertise. I will never forget the time that I came into a meeting and a developer who knew that I was responsible for the design came into the meeting with a mock-up that he had done in Microsoft Paint and and I believe I've told the story before I didn't even know that Paint still existed let alone have somebody when we're already 80% down the road when it comes to the design to have somebody start from scratch and it wasn't their job they were supposed to be coding things but instead they wanted to do the design work When everybody's a designer, you have that type of disrespect that comes forth, and it ushers in dysfunction to the team. Trust gets eroded. Now you have competitive elements at play. If that same developer had come into the meeting and said that he had an idea that he'd like to run by us, And then we invite them to the front. Hey, show us, show us what you're thinking. Let's, let's take a look at it. It could be a fantastic idea, but commandeering the design. I want to make sure folks hear me correctly. When folks commandeer someone else's work, the work that another person is responsible for, nobody has shirked their duties. Nobody has fallen short. That person just wanted to design something, and they didn't care about where we were. They didn't care about what the project manager was saying. They didn't care about what anybody was saying. The only thing that was important was that narcissistic presentation. That's what it was. I'm going to call it what it was. When that type of thing happens, it's not good for the team, and it's not good for the initiative, and eventually the the users lose as well as everybody else involved. Folks, everybody's not a designer today. If you're of that mindset today, let's lose that. Remember, as we recap, 97% of designs in the wild back in 2017, 2018 were wrong. And actually, because of the wild, wild west that's going on in UX today, it might be greater than that today. It's bad. I know that I have a lot of, a, a lot of terrible user experiences that I encounter. And I've talked to a lot of people who say the same. of designs in the wild are wrong. Remember, if everything is bold, nothing is bold. So it can't be that everybody's a designer because if everybody's a designer, essentially nobody's a designer. And if nobody's a designer, the 97% just keeps getting worse. When this happens, that which is produced will fall well below the desired target. We will not be optimal. And you'll produce something but you won't produce the thing. And we need to make sure that we have a heart and a mind today that we want to produce the thing. Anybody can produce something. Remember, the browser's job is to interpret code. If you're working on a website and it interprets the code and it renders whatever that code says, it is not going to critique your work. So if the design is wrong, if it's problematic, browser's not going to tell you. We need somebody who's in place who will gatekeep on that and let you know that something is not up to standard and then try to usher everybody back to a, to a better mode of operation there. So the closing questions today, what will you produce, folks? Do you want to produce something or do you want to produce the thing? If you want to produce something, everybody will be a designer, that's okay. But if you want to produce the thing, then you got to make sure that everybody is bringing their expertise to the table and everybody on the team is respecting that. Then we can get somewhere. Last question, building on that last one, do you strive to be a part of the 97% today or the 3%? If you strive to be part of the 3%, not only are you embracing the fact that you understand that everybody's not a designer, but you also embrace the fact that UX design is art plus science, and you do everything you can to learn how to navigate the art and the science so that your experiences are optimal. So, how's that, folks, today? We're all done. (laughs) This is one of the shorter episodes we've had in a while, but... I think we said a lot given a lot for folks to to chew on today folks if everybody's a designer nobody's a designer let's make sure that we represent ourselves and the discipline in the best possible light so this is darren hood the host of the world of ux signing off happy uxing everybody